Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Hey, you know what? Moms do really make the hardest job in the world look easy, don't they? So I tell you what, let's give all the moms a round of applause today. Thank you, moms, for what you do, and grandmas too. Thank you for what you do. You all are amazing. Totally amazing. You know, today is Mother's Day. Today's the day where we appreciate our moms and we thank our moms for how much they have done for us and how much they mean to us. And the truth is, like, my mom's no exception. And I know a lot of you don't know my mom because uh, she and my dad are, uh, they live in Cyprus and they're super involved in their church. They don't get to come and be with us very much. But, um, but let me tell you about a decision that my mom made when I was young that, that really impacted my life. And, and when my mom and dad made this decision, uh, it seemed like it was just so inconsequential. Like it was such a small decision at the time, but it had enormous impact in my life. In fact, I've talked about it before, but the reason I'm still talking about it is because that one little decision had, it had just such far-reaching impacts in my life. And it happened the summer after my fifth grade year. And um, again, like I said, it was one of those little tiny decisions that seemed like it was such a big deal. And I think my parents... Like didn't think it was a big deal because, I mean, it was just so clear. And it was just so simple. And so what they did was they called my brother and I into the den, and my mom said, okay, have an, have an announcement. I've made, we made a decision. My brother like, oh, okay, what? The decision is this. We are going to church every single week unless we're sick or on vacation. Other than that, no exceptions. Like, and that was it. That, that was the decision. And so then my brother and I, like, we responded, you know, like all kids do whenever, like, parents change the rules. We're like, oh. And so we groaned, and we're like, oh, mom. And so, you know, like, again, like all kids, we start pushing the boundaries. We're like, I was like, but mom, what if, what if I have a baseball game? And she was like, well, I guess you're going to miss it. I was like, well, but mom, but what if I have, have homework and, like, a big test and my academic career is in jeopardy? And she was like, but then don't get behind on your homework. She's like, and by, by the way, don't forget, you've got Friday and Saturday and Sunday night and su- you know, Sunday afternoon, you can study then. And so then, like, like all kids, like I really pushed on. I was like, okay, what if the president of the United States of America calls and he says he wants to come visit us at our house and the only time he can come is on a Sunday morning? What then? And my mom, she goes, he can go to church with us. <laughs> but, but I'm serious. Like, uh, but that, I mean, that was the decision that, we, that my parents made. And uh, we went from being a family that only went to church uh, unless we had a better offer to being a family that went to church no matter what the offer. And, and I'm telling you, like, that one decision, it changed my life. And I, honestly, I seriously don't think I would be in the ministry today had my parents not made that one key decision because what it did was it dramatically increased my exposure to God to Jesus to the Bible to other Christ followers and it made this whole notion of you know God is the most important thing in life really convincing because I mean up until that time you know it was only marginally convincing but because, you know, had my parents kept up the attitude of like, well, you know, we'll just go to church whenever it's convenient or when it kind of works out for us, 
then it wouldn't be convincing because the truth is when push comes to shove, God's the one that gets shoved and pushed out. And so I'm telling you, it made a huge difference in my life. Now, I don't tell you that story to, you know, talk about the fact that, you know, you, you ought to make a commitment to be at church every week. Although, by the way, I think that is a great commitment for families to make. But I tell you that story to illustrate this one point. And this is the part I want you to write down. This is your first feeling of the day. And that is this, is that a great mom makes decisions that brings her family closer to God. A great mom, in God's eyes, a great mom makes decisions that brings her family close, closer to God. Look, and if, by the way, if you're sitting in church today, you're already on that path. Because you have made sure that you brought your family to church today. You know, because look, in the end, moms, what really matters the most? What's really going to matter most? Okay, It's not going to be how many trophies are on your kid's shelf. It's not going to be how many Pinterest experiments actually worked. Okay, it's not it's not going to be any of those things. It, what's really going to matter most to you is the character that your kids have in their lives. And how do you help your kids develop character? One key way is to bring your kids closer to God. Now, look, let's be honest for a second. Your kids are going to make their own choices. Okay. Their character is their choice. But, mom and dad, you can stack the deck, okay? You can, you know, greatly increase the odds that your kids can have great character by exposing them more to God, to Jesus, to the Bible, to uh, other Christ followers at church. Because it's when you increase that exposure, that's when they're going to come to church and they're going to learn things like, Honesty, self-control, forgiveness, how to be kind, how to be loving when other people are just downright mean. They're going to learn those things here at church. And it's a, bit, it's, a, it's a huge thing. And look, God used those kinds of things to change my life. And I can tell you, he will use them to change your life and the lives of the people in your family. But it starts by making decisions to bring your family closer to God. Well, how do you do that? In addition to the decision to just be at church regularly, what other decisions can I make to bring my family closer to God? Well, before we go into that, I need to say something to two groups of people that are listening here today. First, I want to speak just a second to those who want to be a mom but aren't a mom yet. Okay, for you. Look, I know Mother's Day can be a really tough day. So whether you're single and don't have kids yet or whether you've been told by a doctor that you can't have children. I mean, I get it. Mother's Day can be a really, really hard day. But today's message and passage of Scripture today is filled with hope for you. Because the woman that we're going to look at today, she couldn't have kids. For years, she couldn't have children. In fact, if you go study the Bible, most of the great women in the Bible battled infertility at one time. And they battled infertility until God stepped in. And God can step in in your life too. In fact, we've had multiple women here at our church that have been told that they can't have children until God stepped in. People prayed for them, God stepped in, and they had kids. And some of them had multiple children. 
I mean, I can't guarantee that, but I'm telling you, it's just happened. And I'll also tell you this, be open to adoption, because sometimes God steps in through adoption. In fact, you know this, one of the greatest people in the entire Bible was adopted. Do you know that? Moses was adopted. He was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, and he went on to become literally one of the greatest figures in the Old Testament. He led the people out of 400 years of slavery in Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, led them to the brink of the promised land, and went on to star in multiple Hollywood movies. <laughs> I'm telling you, Moses had a great run. And he was adopted. So listen, be open and consider adoption because God works through adoption. Okay, second group of people I want to talk to uh, are the men. Men, in case you didn't know, today's Mo Mother's Day. And by the way, you better have gotten mama something nice, okay? I'm just kidding, but not really. You need to get her something nice, okay? But my point today is this, my point to you is this, is that the things that it takes to make a mom great in God's eyes are actually the very same things that it takes to make a dad great in God's eyes. So everything we're going to talk about today translates to you as well. So anyway, so let's get right into it. <clears throat> Let me give you a little background of our Bible passage that we're going to look at today. The woman that we're going to look at today, her name is Hannah, okay? She's tried to have children for years, but she can't. And by the way, this is, she's extremely distraught about not able to have children because in their culture, having kids, especially sons, to carry on the family name, I mean, it was a huge, huge deal, okay? But hey, spoiler alert, Hannah ends up having a baby boy, and his name is Samuel. And he goes on to become literally one of the greatest prophets in the entire Old Testament. But what we learn from Hannah through her experience is both life-changing and gives us such great hope and great direction um, as followers of God. So let's get right into it. What decisions do I need to make to accomplish this? And the this is, what decisions do I need to make in order to bring my family closer to God? Well, here's the first thing. Moms, here's what you got to do. Really, dads too. Number one is this. I have to have a relationship with God that's genuine. I need to have a relationship with God that's genuine. Now look. This, these next set of verses occur before Hannah becomes pregnant. And it's really good, it gives us great insight to who Hannah really is as a person. So, check it out. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, Oh Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son. Then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli, now that's the priest, okay? Eli the priest observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. I mean, he's a great pastor, like super compassionate, right? Like just <laughs> the kind of guy, just um, amazing. And so, not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. 
Okay, now, here's what I like about Hannah. Like, she pours her heart out to God. She's honest with God about where she is with, you know, this whole infertility thing. She's honest with God about her bitterness. And she feels like God has given her a dream, but no way to fulfill that dream. That's where she's at. And I, look, and I want you to notice, like, God doesn't condemn her. He, do, he, doesn't, he doesn't respond with, how dare you be disappointed with me about how your life is turning out? God doesn't say that. In fact, there's room to think and room to say that once Hannah is truly honest with God, that's when God is the most pleased with her. Because it's, it's right after this that Hannah becomes pregnant. So, moms, if you want to be truly great in God's eyes, you have to be honest and genuine with God in your relationship with Him. So are you? Moms, when was the last time you really poured out your heart to God and told Him how you really felt? Like, I'm not talking about posting your latest rant on Facebook. I'm talking about being really honest with God about how your life is going. I mean, are you upset because of how your children are behaving? Are you, are you really undone because of how your marriage is going? Are you distraught because of a diagnosis that you recently received? Are you genuine and honest with God about how your life is really going? I remember, um, I remember one day when I was in seminary, I, I decided I was going to get honest with God about how my life was going. I was, I was incredibly lonely. I worked two jobs. I was going to school full time, and I pastored a church on the weekends that was 105 miles away. I mean, I was, I was exhausted all the time. I had, I, I, my tank was almost empty, and it felt like I had a hole in it. What was left in there was leaking fast. I'm telling you, I was, I was just really unhappy with how my life was going. And I remember. I remember thinking to myself, self, might as well just be honest with God about all this. And so I remember and one day, I finally just got honest with God. I laid down on the floor in my, in my room, and I, mean, I put my arms and my, my legs out. I just laid on the floor, and I just poured my heart out to God about how my life was going and how unhappy and miserable I really was. And when I finished... First off, I, I, was, I wasn't dead, which I was glad about. That God didn't kill me, okay? So I, I was honest with God, and he was okay with it. But secondly, what happened at that point for me, my relationship with God got real. And, and I, can, I point to that as a real turning point in my own personal life because it was from that point forward that I went deeper with my relationship with God than I ever thought possible. But it was because I was honest with him. I was genuine with him about how my life was really going. So look, moms, dads, I mean, honestly, really, really anyone, the best thing that you can do is have a relationship with God that's genuine, that's authentic. Like I'm telling you, the most convincing thing to your kids and to your grandkids 
is a relationship with God that's real. Like, they need to see you praying. They need to see you reading your Bible. They need to hear you talking about God and about Jesus during the week, not just on Sundays. Like, you need to have that sort of a real and authentic relationship with God. And it starts with you. It starts with you. Okay. Second thing that we learned from Hannah is this. Number two is this. I want, to, I want God's best for my kids, even at great sacrifice to myself. Being a great mom in God's eyes means that I want God's best for my kids, even at great sacrifice for myself. All right, let me catch you up on what's going on in the story because we don't have time to read all the verses, okay? So once Hannah explains to Eli, the priest, that um, she hasn't been hitting the sauce before church, okay? <clears throat> Eli then prays for Hannah that she will have a child. And sure enough, Hannah becomes pregnant. And against all of her wildest hopes and dreams, she's finally pregnant. Amazing. And she's so excited. I'm sure that she does all the things that new moms do. I'm sure she has all her friends over and like they have like little cakes and stuff and they have a shower and then there's presents and there's gifts and they're like having naming parties and then they you know she goes to and buys a new crib at mangers are us i mean she does all these kinds of things all right she, all the things that new moms do she's super excited about it and then she gives birth and she has a little baby boy and she names him samuel that's his name now get this in their culture, they did not wean their babies in about a year like generally we do in our culture. In their culture, babies were not, were not weaned until somewhere between years three and five. I know, moms, like that's horrible, isn't it? Like that is just like, like I'm out. Like I just, I, I, that won't have babies. It's not going to happen. I get, I get it, okay? But I'm just telling you, that, that's just how they did it. And because of what's about to happen, it's likely that Hannah took the full five years to wean her child. Because at that point, she takes the baby boy to the temple and she does the unthinkable. Here's what happens. Check it out. Um, <clears throat> here we go. Verse 24. Once he was weaned, she brought him up with her along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah flower, and a skin of wine, and presented him at the temple of the Lord in Shiloh. Basically, she takes him to church for a baby dedication ceremony. You know, a lot like we do here at the park, okay? After the boy's father sacrificed the young bull, Hannah, his mother, approached Eli, remember he's the priest, and said, Pardon, my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood near you here praying to the Lord. I prayed for the Lord, and the Lord granted my request. Now I, in turn, give him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be dedicated to the Lord. And she left him there. Yeah, that's right. She left him there. I mean, she just walks off and leaves her five-year-old at church for the priest and people there to raise. That's what she does. All right, now look, folks. Like, we have baby dedication ceremonies here at church, okay? okay? And I want you to dedicate your child to God. I mean, I really do. But when it's over, like, you got to take them home. 
Like, you cannot leave them up here. Look, moms, I know, like, you're tired. You need a break, but it doesn't matter. You can't leave them here in church, all right? That's, 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 you can't do that. There's, there's laws, right? Okay? Now, look, here's the thing. Like, there's not a mom here that would leave their child at church. I mean, there's not a mom here that would do that. But that's, a, that's what Hannah did. Now, before you write Hannah off as a horrible mom, you need to understand a couple things. First off, you, remember, she'd already made a vow that this child would serve God his or her entire life. And it's clear, she wasn't talking about a ceremony. She was actually talking in serious that this child would serve God. So she was honoring her vow. Second thing you need to understand is that the village where Hannah lived was adjacent to this village. It was only at max maybe 10, maybe 15 miles away, easily a day's walk on foot. So Hannah saw her child pretty much as often as she wanted. So she didn't really abandon her child. That's not really what happened, not practically how it went down, okay? But here's what I want us to get. Great moms want God's best for their kids and their grandkids, even at great sacrifice to themselves. Look, Hannah, Hannah struggled with giving her child to the priest. We know from other verses that we just simply didn't have a chance to read that Hannah put off going to the temple as long as she possibly could because she knew that when she went, she was going to have to give the child to God. But in the end, Hannah made a great personal sacrifice and her son Samuel goes on to become one of the greatest prophets in the entire Old Testament. So practically speaking, moms, one of the great qualities of a great mom is you make great personal sacrifices for your kids. Look, and I'm not just talking about sacrificing sleep or, or, or money or your own personal comfort schedule. I'm talking about making sacrifices so your son or daughter can grow closer to God. That's what I'm talking about. So moms, dads, what kinds of sacrifices are you willing to make to give your child the best chance of growing closer to God? Have you already made the decision that church is non-negotiable? Have you already made that decision? Have you decided that you're going to be genuine and authentic in your own personal relationship with God? Have, have you decided not to let baseball or soccer or football or band or theater or whatever else take your child out of church on Sundays or on Wednesdays? Because look, I can promise you, the things that they're going to learn at church are going to help them way more in life than anything they're ever going to learn on a field or on a court. Way more. Have you taken the time to teach your child or your grandchild how to read the Bible? Look, and if you don't know yourself, maybe you need to start there. Have you made the decision to talk openly about God in your home so that your kids understand that God is not something that you just do on Sundays, but really the Lord is a part of your everyday life? Have you made the decision to teach your child about sex and dating so that they can have relationships that honor God? Because I'm telling you, look, if you don't teach them, they're going to learn it at, some, at school from some kid named Badger, okay? It's going to happen. So you need to be the one that teaches them and shows them how, okay? And what God says, all right? Um, have you made the time? Have you made the decision that, to spend the time and the money to make sure that your kids go to 
to church camps and to retreats and to other activities so that they can have experiences with God and with Jesus? Have you made the decision to get involved and teach your kids at church and teach other people's kids at church? Have you made those decisions yet? I look, I, I get it. Like all these things, all of them, at some point require some level of sacrifice. But look, I haven't met a mom yet that's not willing to make great sacrifices for their kids. Now, dads, on the other hand, not as much because, uh, look, let's be honest, we're willing to sacrifice, but there's generally got to be something in it for us too, okay? But look, moms, moms just give and give and give and give. And moms, we love you for it. Thank you for doing that. Okay, third thing makes a great mom from, that we learn from this story is this. I need to love my kids from nearby or far away. That's a characteristic of great moms. They love their kids from nearby or far away. Look at verse 19. It says, each year his mother made him a little robe and took it to him when she went up with her husband to offer the annual sacrifice. So although Hannah saw Samuel, you know, somewhat regularly, because she's just in the next town, every year she did something special. She made sure every year that she made him a little robe. And by the way, this would have been handmade, hand-woven. And she gave it to him every year. So look, Mom, make the decision that whether your kids are nearby whether they're far away, that you'll love them. That you'll love them. And look, not that you just feel the feeling of emotion, but that you show them that you love them. Because look, Hannah showed her son that she loved him. Because look, unspoken love is not love at all. You have to show it. So make the decision that you will show your kids and your grandkids that you love them, whether they're nearby or far away. And by the way, Nearby or far away, that, that doesn't always refer to location. I mean, they might, your children might be either near or might be far away from you emotionally. They might be upstairs, but really, they're a million miles away. Or maybe they're far away from you because they've made some bad choices and they're far away from you in their values. But great moms love their kids, whether they're nearby or far away. Because look, what's going to bring them closer to you and closer to God is not more lectures. It's more love from you. Look, I mean, isn't that what God did for us? I mean, when we were far away from God in our sin, separated from Him, what did God do? God didn't point his finger at us and just lecture us and, you know, give us his judgment. No. The Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When we were separated from God by our sin, when we were far away from him, he sent us son Jesus to die on a cross for us. He showed us his love by sending his son to die so that he could offer us his forgiveness. And that if we would accept it, we could have a relationship with him. Have you done that? If you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life to forgive you, there's a prayer at the bottom of your message. Take a second. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Pray it right now. 
but for all of us on this Mother's Day. And let's thank God for our moms because here's the deal. God uses our moms to bring us closer to Him. He uses our moms and grandmoms to bring us closer to Him. So everybody right now, bow your head, close your eyes. Let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. Thank you for every mother and grandmother and great-grandmother that is listening today. For how you have used them in our lives in various capacities to bring us closer to you. And I know that some might have had strained relationships with their moms. But God, however it's gone down, you've used that to bring them to a point today where they are here listening to you. And so I thank you for it. And Father, I ask that you would use every mom and grandma and and great-grandma listening today, that you would use them to help encourage us, to love us, to spur us on, to make decisions that bring us each closer to you. And bring us back next week so that we can hear more. And ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.